The world of today is sick to its thin blood for lack of elemental things, for fire before the hands, for water welling from the earth, for air, for the dear earth itself underfoot. From Henry Beston, The Outermost House. Good morning, everyone. I'm Rob McCall. This is the Awanaju Almanac, a collection of natural and unnatural events, rank opinion, and wild speculation devoted to feeling at home in nature and breaking down the wall of hostility between us and the rest of creation. And this is the Almanac for July 15th to 22nd, 2005, over the full buck moon. Um, Here's some <clears throat> here's some mail from P.O. Box 911. Our almanac about the muscle-powered wheelbarrow brought this letter from Charlotte Dollett of Taconic, Connecticut. Dear Mr. McCall, I suggest that bicycle power be used to generate electricity to run the television. This would save electricity and also help reduce the waistline of the couch potato who would have to pedal to get his picture. And... I'd create many giant treadmills where the unemployed could earn their welfare benefits. Dear Charlotte, thanks for writing. Your ideas are interesting. The first idea sounds like Rube Goldberg, and probably any good amateur inventor might be able to make that one work wonderfully. The second idea sounds a little more like Joseph Stalin, and the entire Soviet Union was unable to make that one work at all. And from Lee Holmes of Sedgwick, who writes in part, Dear Mr. McCall, as a faithful reader of your column, I feel you are open to ideas, and as a result, might be interested in the attached column by Allison Dibble on the subject of Lupin. I hope you will consider this information and rethink your position also. Dear Lee, thanks for your thoughtful letter. We take no position regarding Lupin other than admiration. We are, however, against concluding on very limited evidence that certain species are invasive and attempting to control them. It seems the human race has been down that road before. Nature can handle this far better than we can. Allison Dibble's column is very good, though it presents scant evidence that more lupin makes for less milkweed. It could just as well be a case of post hoc known propter hoc. And there's still plenty of milkweed, uh, milkweed up there on the mountain. So let's not throw the book at the lupin yet. Let's just keep going out to see for ourselves. Joan Sheldon emailed about our July 3rd almanac. Rob, either you're getting more liberal or I'm getting turned into a Baptist. But the almanac last Sunday really bothered me coming from you. The Bible says marriage is between one man and one woman. Dear Joan, thanks for your email. True, the Bible makes no mention whatever of same-sex marriage, though it does mention, sometimes even favorably, polygamy, concubinage, rape, the buying and selling of women, adultery, and even celibacy, 1 Corinthians 7, 3 through 11. In our view, it's up to each of us to decide what model of marriage accords with our own faith. If your own faith does not support same-sex marriage, then you should not marry a person of the same sex. As far as being liberal is concerned, the Bible clearly supports it. Proverbs 11.25, Isaiah 32.5-8, 2 Corinthians 8.2 and 9.13, James 1.5. 
while making no mention whatever of being conservative. Here are some natural events for this quarter moon. We were treated to one of the most elemental natural events this week at our camp on Cobbs Cook Bay. We were joyfully engaged in the endless task of cutting brush on the high bank along the shore when the sound of thunder and the sight of strange tortured clouds in the north gave us pause. An unfamiliar roar coming across the waters of the bay sent us scurrying up to the cabin just seconds before the heavens opened with the most horrendous hailstorm we've ever seen in our lives. Bushels of nickel-to-quarter-sized hailstones hammered upon the roof and bounced in the grass like thousands of pale, manic grasshoppers while thunder and lightning tore the sky. Fresh green leaves were torn from the trees, fluttering down to the ground all around as we stood awestruck, heart-pounding by the open window. At the height of the tumult, the cool sound of a lone robin's rain song floated through the woods. A torrential rain followed the hail until the storm passed to the south. So we ventured out to gather from white patches on the ground a handful of hailstones with a pure white pea-sized center surrounded by more or less of crystal clear ice. We ate a few to taste the pure sweetness of this sublime water, drawn from the sea by the heat of the sun, lifted in clouds to the cold high atmosphere until they grew too heavy for the sky to hold them, and then fell of their own weight down to our great delight. What an honor, what an elemental sacrament to eat this bread and wine of the high heavens down here on earth. And finally, here are a couple of seed pods for you to carry around with you this week. First from Henry David Thoreau, who did not drop out of Harvard, by the way. It is never too late to give up our prejudices. And from the Persian poet Saadi, 1184 to 1291, who has no patience, has no wisdom. Well, that's the almanac for this quarter moon, but don't take it from us. Go out and see for yourself. <laughs>